Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truthful Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Web Minister Nathan Jones of Lamb and Lion Ministry. We're transmitting live from 102.3 FM, Truth FM TV, as well as Twitcasting.tv and our various networks. And of course, we want you to know that our lines will be open. The local number is 305-992-9537. 305-992-9537. We'd love for you to call in with your questions or your comments for today's program. As today, we're going to be talking about another seven mighty angels in the book of Revelation as we look at Revelation chapter 15. So we ask that you keep us in prayer for today's program. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if you will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. Lord, we just pray you to make your word come alive to us that we might understand who you are and what your purposes are. And uh, Lord, just guide this conversation, guide our studies so we might yes. be a blessing to you and all those listening in, in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Again, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com or on Facebook on JN832. Also, I want to encourage those of you that are watching and listening. We are in need of prayer partners. Hey, if you want to serve as a prayer partner for our ministry, call us and let us know. And we would love to uh, make you part of the prayer partner family as we are in so much need of prayer. And of course, before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, it's good to have you on. What a blessing to be on, brother. Thank you. I missed you last week, man. I had a funeral to do. Well, I missed our time too, but that two got saved at the funeral, wow, praise the Lord. Yeah, that was exciting news. So I'm glad that we are back, and it's exciting to see what God is doing. And Nathan, you know, I've been praying for you guys in Texas with all this rain and Houston. How's the situation there? Well, we've had a drought for about uh, three years now. We've been praying and praying and praying for rain, and the Lord... Uh, collected all those prayers and answered them all at once. And uh, we're drowning down here, basically. Uh, you should see the parks. I mean, I, we have one park near us that you can see swing sets underwater and wow. bridges underwater. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're drowning here. But this week, uh, actually, the, the, after a month solid, it's time to let up. And uh, we're praising the Lord. He gives us a little reprieve. We God answered prayer, and now we're praying, hey, Lord, you mind stopping? <laughs> Oh, Nathan. Well, listen, I, I'm so sorry to hear about the situation that we are praying for you. Uh, I mean, we've gone through the same thing in Florida when it's a hurricane season. And it's not a, it's not a fun thing. It's very dangerous and it's very difficult. Well, you're, like you said, it's not just Texas. It's, it's all over the country. I think the Lord is kind of shaking us up a little. And yes, he's yes. trying to say, hey, you don't pay attention to me and my word. And it's very important because uh, I know our country is facing some major challenges right now. And about to make some major decisions morally, especially on the Supreme Court. And it's very important that we as a country stick with the Word of God. Yes. It's not, I can't imagine what the, the sh yes. shaking can be afterwards. So. No, well, Nathan, that's a very good point. So, but I'm so glad that you guys are good. And also, I'm excited with what God is doing in uh, your ministry there, that you're part of Lamb and Lion. Can you talk to us a little bit about it? Just some contact information briefly, Nathan, and maybe some special Thanks. events that are coming up. Well, I'm, uh, again, Nathan Jones with uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries. I'm an evangelist and web minister here. And uh, you can check our website out at www.lamblion.com. And uh, there you can find a wealth of information, like our television show, Christ and Prophecy, numerous articles, social groups you can uh, uh, join and talk about Bible prophecy, articles, uh, blogs, 
you name it, we want to give you all sorts of information about uh, God's prophetic work. Get you excited about the soon return of Jesus Christ. That's at lamblion.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. And of course, Nathan, you are our regular here, but just in case maybe someone was tuning in for the first time and they didn't have that information. And also, you guys have an upcoming conference. You have your, your programs now also on various networks. So we're so excited to be part of that. And Nathan, there's still opportunity for churches out there that are, are watching or listening to take part in, in the conference. How are you guys doing that this year again? Well, uh, we have a big annual conference every year. We usually have a thousand or so people attending, and uh, we kind of uh, outgrew every facility we went to. So right. this year, uh, this is our third year, we're going to stream it, but we wouldn't get churches actually interested in it. If the church would like to have their own Bible prophecy conference, but yes. it doesn't want all the trouble of bringing in speakers and stuff like that, you can just stream it right into your projector at your church or wherever your, your Bible study, and uh, tune in on July 11th. We have a wonderful lineup of speakers, including our own Dr. David Reagan, and folks can have their own Bible prophecy conference uh, using our speakers. Just stream it in. Exciting. Yes, we were able to do it last year, and we would encourage anyone to do it. What a wonderful resource you're making available to us, Nathan. We're very grateful for those opportunities. Praise the Lord. That is awesome. And Nathan, I'm also very excited regarding uh, our subject matter for today. You and I have been making our way through the book of Revelation, really highlighting uh, the, the, the work of these mighty angels that are so involved in our lives, but also so involved in the, uh, the, the things that are taking place in the tribulation. And uh, we, we, you've been highlighting for us uh, a number of really exciting things uh, about these angels, of course. And we landed in chapter 15 of the book of Revelation. And then we see again another incredible scenes with more uh, uh, mighty angels coming to the scene. And I wanted to see if you might be able to read for us there, Nathan, the opening verses, and then maybe we can jump into this uh, awesome subject matter. Sure. What verses would you like to cover first? You know, Nathan, I was looking there at verses uh, 1 and 2, uh, and uh, I thought those were nice. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Revelation chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. I'm reading from the New King James. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last place, for in them the wrath of God is complete. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image and over his mark, and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. I love this passage. You know, Nate, as I was looking at this, you know, it's interesting to me how uh, I was reading, uh, actually I was looking at a video because people send me a lot of videos just like you regarding different views out there in the tribulation and many things that the church is going to go uh, through the tribulation and they teach that. And you know, more and more I think people have a misconception of what this whole period is and who it was intended for because Nate, as you open for us, this is talking about uh, the wrath of God, right? The seven-year tribulation, as Daniel calls it, the 70th week, we know it's seven years long, and Revelation even tells us the, the months, uh, 42 sets of two months, which means three and a half years each. And uh, so we know then that the tribulation is the time of God's wrath. He calls it the time of Jacob's trouble in Jeremiah 30, verse 7. And it's a time where God will pour out his wrath on the earth, rather like the flood. You know, the, the time of Noah was a incredible evil, un unbelievable evil. Right. Noah and his family were the only righteous people. And God saved them, he put them in an ark, and he protected them while he destroyed the earth. That is to happen again in the seven-year tribulation, not with water this time, but by 21 judgments of God. So what we're reading here in Revelation 15 is those last seven. So we had 
what's called the seven seal judgment, the seven um, trumpet judgment, and now we're in the seven bowl, or depending on your interpretation, vial judgment. Exactly, and, and we wanted to clarify, Nathan, because we need to recognize, again, also in Revelation 6, it talks about the wrath uh, of the Lamb. It, this is not for God's faithful people. Uh, this is for those that reject them, right, Nate? Exactly. We know that the rapture of the church, as we read in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1 Corinthians 15, is meant for the church. In other words, when I say church, I mean those who have accepted Jesus as Savior are promised to be taken up, caught up, or the Latin word rapture, or raptured, off this earth to meet Jesus in the clouds and there we will live with the Lord forever. So the church is not meant for the wrath of God. We are meant to be taken away before that. So you're right, brother. The tribulation is God's wrath upon the evil of this world. Now, there will be many people that will be saved during this time period. And we'll read, actually, these, we, verse 2, actually, is talking about those who have accepted Jesus during the tribulation and they have, who have been killed by the Antichrist for accepting Christ and they are now considered uh, uh, victorious uh, yes. with the Lord. So they're up there, and they're before the throne of God. We know a, a, a great river of life flows from the throne of God, like, and here it's called the Sea of Glass. And it's a wild picture. Uh, sea of Glass, like, mingled with fire, fiery water. Wow, you know, it's, it must be an amazing sea to look at, but that's where they are. So you're right. It's not meant for those who have accepted Jesus' Savior before the tribulation. Now, after the tribulation... Right. It's too late. You have to endure the tribulation. More than likely, you will be killed. And uh, but you make a good, another good point. If we can touch on this a little more, is that like you said, there's different views about the church going through the tribulation. Right. And again, the church is promised again and again, that, especially Revelation 3:10, that the church isn't destined for the wrath of God. Now here we see the seven bowl judgments, which are of the 21, they're the last seven. It says, within them, the wrath of God is complete. Yes. Now, those who will argue, and they're called the pre-rapture uh, view, is that that's when the wrath of God comes. These judgments we're about to read here. But that's not true. It's when the wrath of God is completed, not when it is beginning. It began with Jesus opening the very first seal judgment, and that was the first of the 21 judgments. So the whole tribulation is the wrath of God. Excellent point. And Nathan, and that's why we hope that anyone watching or listening uh, will really follow the scriptures. I mean, we're looking at this from a pre-trib, pre-mill point of view, and we believe it's very accurate when you really look at the whole Word of God. And, and I get a little bit uh, uh, ticked off, Nate, sometimes because we have you. <laughs> The nicest guy ever met. I don't see you. You got ticked off? <laughs> well, no, I get ticked off when I, when people try to twist the scriptures out there, Nathan. Uh, and really, it brings no comfort. It, it brings no peace. It really doesn't rightly represent God because God is a God of uh, justice and love and order. We also know the other side is He's going to judge sin. But God is not going to judge His people with the wicked. It doesn't make any sense. And that's why when individuals try to put the church in the tribulation, I get a little bit ticked off when they say, well, the rapture is just a new theory. Uh, this was invented back in the 1800s. I don't think so, right, Nate? Because I don't see I don't see that. I see Paul talking about these events over 2,000 years ago in First Thessalonians, right? Oh, there are so many verses that say that the, we are not meant for the wrath of God. For instance, uh, Revelation 3.10, like I mentioned, since you have kept my command and were patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial yes. that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. Or 1 Thessalonians 1.10, and to wait for a son from heaven, whom he raised for the Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. 
or 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I could go on with other verses. The church is not meant to endure the tribulation, just like Noah's family was not meant to be killed by the flood. Believers in Christ in this time period are not meant to have to endure the wrath of God. Excellent references, Nathan. Excellent point. And for those of you that are tuned in, you're tuned in again to uh, the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Revelation chapter 15, talking about seven other mighty angels. Again, our lines are open, 305-992-9537. You can text in your questions or your comments. Those of you watching us live via tweetcasting.tv as well as tvwave.tv, go ahead and post your questions or your comments for us there. We would love to talk about this. But again, this is very important for us to recognize what's really happening here, what, what's the order uh, of events. So, And also Nathan, too. So the order of events, we have the um, seal judgments, right? And then we have trumpet judgments. And uh, now we're going into, as you call them, bowls or vials. Right, right. What we look at is the, the seven seals and six of the seven trumpet judgments actually happened uh, the first three and a half years. And the seal judgments, we talked about the Antichrist, yes. released on the world, causing global war. The result is tremendous famine and pestilence and death, a terrible persecution of the saints, a terrible earthquake. Then we get into the trumpet judgments, and we're talking about a third of both the fresh waters and the ocean waters are polluted. We're talking about uh, demons that have been trapped mm -hmm. in Tartarus or the pit of hell and are released to to stomp around the world killing people. We talk about four other angels, uh, actually demons who are, are destroying, again, another percentage of the world population. Over and over again, these judgments of God come on the world and there's less and less and less people by the time we get to the bold judgments. And so here, chapter 15 is actually an introduction to the bold judgments because we read the bold judgments in chapter 16. But, but the Bible setting it up. It, it's painting the picture. It's telling the... Uh, the story of the introduction of these incredible seven angels who release what is the worst. I mean, we've been reading tremendously terrible, devastating Absolutely. judgments, but the next seven, and these take place, most believe, near the end of the tribulation, is the worst that humanity has ever had to endure since the flood. Mm, good point. And of course, Nathan, and it's almost like the Bible sets it up like a big drama that's about to take place, much like in Revelation chapter 8, right? There was silence in heaven. It's almost like the, the calm before the storm, right? <laughs> it is, and, it, and it's meant to give people hope during the tribulation, too, because we read in verse 2 that these people had victory over the beast, his image is marked. Now, they didn't take the mark of the beast, the loyalty mark that the Antichrist and his false prophet will require all the world to take if they wish to buy or sell. Yes. And if they don't take it, the Antichrist kills them. So we know that the martyrs during the tribulation will be obscene, that the amount of martyrs will be killed during the tribulation. Yeah. But here, they're shown standing before God for this incredible vista, this burning sea. Mm. Now, we're not talking hell here. We're talking about a different kind of fire. And they are given harps to praise the Lord. They are victorious for the Lord, and they're looking down and they're getting to see that they have victory over their Antichrist. So their death was actually their victory over Satan. Oh, that is awesome, and, we, and, and that's why I really love uh, this incredible passage. And then, Nathan, there's going to be singing in heaven, right? Yeah, verse 3 reads, they <laughs> sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. He knew Moses wrote a song. <laughs> and the song of the Lamb, Jesus wrote a song too, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways. O King of the saints, who shall not fear you? O Lord, 
and glorify your name. For you alone are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgment has been manifested. Mm. Nathan, I, I, I love that. People don't understand heaven is going to be a joyful place. There's going to be singing. There's going, I mean, and God is not opposed to music, right, Nathan? I mean... <laughs> no, if you think about it, if God's an expert at everything, then he's also an expert at uh, music, song, uh, poetry. He loved King David especially. King David yeah. was a warrior poet. He spent a lot of time, when he wasn't chopping heads off, he was <laughs> writing poetry. And, and uh, the Lord loves these songs. And uh, so here the, the saints are, they're dead, they, they accepted Jesus during the tribulation, they've been killed for their faith, or, or from uh, the judgments that befell the world, and now they stand before God singing his victory song. So yes. again, that because these judgments and other judgments you read in Revelation are so horrific, that the Bible takes a minute to stop and give the reader some hope. Amen. I love that. And Nathan, I love verse 4, because it talks about how all the nation shall come and worship before you. And it seems today that the nations think that they are running the show, right? Uh, we see Russia and America and so many others, and they, they really think that they can do whatever they want, and uh, God is not going to hold them accountable for it. But here the Bible says differently. Well, it's funny when you go ahead and read Psalm 2. In Psalm 2, it talks about how the nations plot in vain, and, yeah. and then how God sits up in heaven and laughs. Yes. All our human ministrations and power and the corruption of government and, and little dictators trying to rule the world. And God sits up there and laughs. And he laughs not because he, he enjoys the suffering of people, but because he knows that whatever we try to accomplish yeah. is nothing compared to his might, power, or his coming kingdom. Excellent point, Nathan. And that's why we, we notice here, again, just this wonderful uh, song of Moses. And we know in the Old Testament it also talks about the songs of Moses. But I, I really love the, the wording here. And I love some of the new songs that they have that come out of the Psalms and also out of the Word of God. But uh, this is really, really cool. And then, of course, verse 5 there, we see again this scene beginning to develop. We see these mighty angels coming along. Can you continue to take us forward? Sure. Verse 5 says, After these things, in other words, after watching the scene, I looked and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. And out of the temple came the seven angels, Having the seven sights, they were clothed in pure bright linen, and having their chests girded with golden bands. Mm. And one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Wow. I mean, this is a wonderful passage. And, I, you know, Nathan, as I was looking again, these seven angels, I can just see the brilliance, uh, you know, with their, the way they're clothed, much like those of us that are saved in, in white. And, and also reminds me there in Revelation 1, sort of the appearance of the Lord. Right, Nate? Yeah, the idea of um, pure, bright linen in the Bible has always been a symbol of purity, of holiness. These angels are not demons, obviously. They haven't rebelled yeah. against God. I mean, that's what sin is. It's rebellion. And so here they are, their special angels are set apart to pour down the worst of God's wrath. And one, again, in verse 7, says four living creatures. Right. There are four special seraphim that stand before the throne of God. They're uh, like animal creature mixtures, uh, almost not like out of Greek mythology. Yes. They look, they're covered with eyes. And one of them uh, takes and gives to the seven angels the bowls of God's wrath. In other words, these eight four living creatures that stand before the throne of God. They're special angels that are, are I guess you could 
I don't want to use the term butler, but you know how a butler <laughs> is the servant over right. the staff of servants. Uh, the four living creatures are the butlers, the in charge of yes, uh, kind of captain on a ship. The captain on the ship gives a command, and the watchman will then relay that order to the people on the bridge. Absolutely. And so the captain never gives an order, so they just directly do it. They always wait for them to relay it through something. I've never understood why why they do that. That's how the baby <laughs> does it, and that's how God does it. He, he relays his order through the four living creatures, and then they're the ones then who uh, give the marching orders to the seven angels. I love it. Well, it kind of reminds you of Acts chapter 6 where the apostles said, you know, well, let's uh, raise deacons so they can do the work, so we can do the work of the prayer and also of the word. So I think it's a chain of command, right, Nate? Given opportunities. <laughs> yes, and you bring up a great point, because as we've been reading through the different angels in Revelation, there's definitely a hierarchy among the angels. They have different responsibilities. They're all messengers. They're all servants of the yes. Lord. They're not to be worshipped made that very clear, but uh, yeah, there's a hierarchy, and the four living creatures, uh, other than Michael the archangel, and there right. is a hint that there might be other archangels, uh, and Gabriel, his main messenger, mm-hmm. uh, they're the guys at the top of the hierarchy of angels. That's right, and I know the Apocryphus, I think they talk about Raphael and some other angels, I think. So uh, you're absolutely right. God has a lot of uh, creative beings that, man, we, we, we're going to be amazed when we get... I, I want to see these four living creatures, Nathan. I mean, it's going to be like, hey, these guys are awesome. <laughs> I don't know, man. When you read the descriptions, with covered in eyes, the wings. Right. Uh, you know, one has a faithful lion, one has a man, <laughs> one has an ox, one has a bird or eagle. It, it's like, ooh, man, these kind of spooky-looking things uh, when you think about it. But I guess when we get up there, we won't be scared enough. That's what, yeah. Yeah. I, I think so, I think so. <laughs> well, and also, Nathan, I love verse 8. Uh, it, it was talking about the temple. You know what caught my attention to, Nathan? Uh, there where it says uh, that while the smoke from the glory of God from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple to the, uh, excuse me, uh, and no, uh, yes, and no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels uh, were complete. And, and I'm thinking there again, another uh, incredible scene when you really consider uh, Revelation 4. It talks about the, the, the size and also all that's going on in the temple there in heaven. Yeah, uh, well, when that the Jews built the tabernacle, which was a tent, and they traveled around for actually a few hundred years with it, and it was meant to be a symbol of the real temple in heaven, which is God's room. It's God Himself. And in the tent or the tabernacle, it had a little section called the Holy of Holies, and that's where the Shekinah glory of God would dwell. Yes. Later, when Solomon built the temple, and then it was rebuilt later by Zerubbabel, they built, of course, a building. It wasn't a tent anymore. And inside that, too, it was supposed to represent, and God was very specific about its dimensions and about the Holy of Holies. It, it's a symbol or rep, earthly representation of the heavenly temple. So there is a temple in heaven. During the Millennial Kingdom, uh, there will be a temple in Jerusalem, but the new Jerusalem, the, the eternal heaven that will come down to earth during the eternal state, that will be the temple of God. We will see it one day. We will be in it one day. But like you said, uh, during these seven plagues, God vacates the temple, the millions of angels, the, the, the 24 elders that sit before the throne, the seraphim before the throne, all the different people that we just read that are worshiping before the sea of glass will all have to leave for some reason and they'll have to go out and only those seven angels and I assume God himself will remain there to deliver the last of his judgments. 
Wow. So, I mean, this is just an amazing scene. And hopefully anyone watching or listening, those of you that are tuned in live right now, again, tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Revelation 15, talking about these other seven mighty angels as we see them moving about uh, prophetically here through the Word of God. And, of course, again, our lines will be open, 305-992-9537, 305-992-9537. We have about three minutes left to the first segment uh, of our program. But we do want to encourage those of you that are watching and listening that maybe you don't have a relationship with the Lord and you're tuning in and, you're, and maybe you're a little bit fearful, maybe you're a little bit afraid. Well, we need you to know that you don't have to be afraid, that there's peace and there's comfort in a relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. Right, Nathan? Exactly. Jesus Christ died for your sins. Can you imagine that? God of the universe loves you so much that he was willing to give up his one and only son to die in our place. In other words, when we sinned against God, the wrath of God fell us, the sentence of hell fell upon us. Yes. But Jesus, when he died on the cross, and we put our faith and trust in him as Savior, Son of God, that judgment goes off of us and onto Jesus Christ. He's the scapegoat. And then we then can stand before the Lord without the, the stench of our sin upon us. The judgment is gone. We can stand before the Lord in holiness and forever and ever be with Him. What a sacrifice. Awesome, Nathan. Thank you so much for sharing. And that's why we encourage those of you watching and listening, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, just open your heart to Him. And if you do so, if you need more information, get a hold of us. We'd love to share with you more. Uh, regarding the Lord and we pray that as you tune into these programs that you don't think that this is all gloom and doom and fear no it's always about hope and the hope is in Jesus right Nathan? <laughs> that's what I love about your programs and all your teaching pastor Nick, that you bring it all back to hope sometimes we can get stuck in the nitty-gritty I mean, we're again we're about to enter the worst time in human history yes. as we study this especially when we move into Revelation 16 but you always bring us back to the hope in the Lord and that's really what Bible prophecy is about. Victory in Jesus Christ. Amen. you got to get through some tough times, but in the end, the tough times will seem like nothing compared to the eternity of bliss that will be with the Lord. Excellent point. And of course, Nathan, and you and I have the same mindset. A number of years ago, you put together a conference, and you named it Future Hope, right? Because there is hope. Yeah. Yeah, we found out that most people like to rather focus on the negative of Bible prophecy through that conference. And which is sad, because right. Bible prophecy is supposed to give us hope. We're not supposed yeah. to be caught up in the gloom and doom of it. But many right. people, when it comes to Bible prophecy, are. They, they're fascinated by the destruction and the death and all. But it, that's not what Bible prophecy is about. Exactly. It's about hope. It's about hope. And, and, of course, we know that there are issues that are always going to be popping up. And there are scary things. And that's why, Nathan, like I said, I, I, it sad to me sometimes when I'm looking at... Uh, uh, you know, whether it's someone that sends me a link from YouTube and, uh, or whatever. And it seems that the, the, always the reason why they want to learn about Bible prophecy is more about the hype and the gloom and doom than really the hope and the message that's there for the church. I believe it's an evangelistic opportunity for us, right, Nathan, to go out and do something with our faith if we know that the Lord is coming soon. Well, that's what Bible prophecy should drive us to do. It should drive us to, one, live holy lives because Jesus yes. can come at any moment, and to, two, evangelize while there is still time. There are people that we don't want to be left behind from the rapture. We don't want them to live in the church. We don't get saved and avoid all that and to give their lives to Christ forever. And so those two things should, Bible prophecy should motivate us to do. Absolutely. I love that. So, Nathan, I really am excited because we were closing here the first segment of our program with Chapter 15 of the Book of Revelation. And we're going to go on a break and we pray for those that are watching and listening 
that you would hang on and stay tuned to the second segment of our program as we will continue to look at God's mighty angels here in the book of Revelation and also in the vile uh, judgment. So we thank you all for tuning in for the first segment of our program here. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, and you're tuned in to the Truth Set Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. And we will be right back. Nathan, thank you so much for being part of the first segment of our program. It's always a joy to be with you. Oh, you're very blessed. Thank you, brother. Awesome. And the rest of you, stay tuned and we'll be right back. If you can't be here with us for the second segment of our program, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you and we pray that then you have a great, great week. Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista along with Nathan Jones and we're transmitting live from 102.3 FM, Hollandale, Florida, truthfm.tv as well as tweetcasting.tv and our various networks. We thank you for tuning in to the second segment of our program as we are looking at Revelation chapter 15 and 16 talking about God's mighty angel, seven other mighty angels. Our lines will be open. The local number is 305-992-9537. 305-992-9537. Love for you to text in your questions or your comments or post them there on Twitcasting.tv as well as TWave.tv. We're very excited. We thank you for tuning in to the program. But before we continue the second segment of our program, I ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this study. Thank you, Lord, for your word, which gives us light and hope for the future, even during the darkest times, which we'll be reading today. And Lord, we just pray for our blessing on everyone listening in. That, Lord, we may all grow in our faith, knowledge, love, and relationship with you. Your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Mm, amen. Thank you, Nathan. Again, today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Broward, Capilla Calvario Broward, and Calvary Aventura. More information at calvaryaventura.com. And also on JN 832, the truth will set you free. Thank you for tuning in for our program. And, of course, before we continue, I want to share with you that we're always in need of prayer partners. Any of you that would like to participate in being a prayer partner for our program and also for our guests here, uh, reach out to us and let us know. We'd love for you to be able to pray for us and pray with us. And at the same time, if you're in need of prayer, you can always get a hold of us and we would love to pray for you as well. But before we continue, once again, I'm going to uh, just enjoy my time here with Nathan Jones on our second segment of our program. Nathan, it's awesome to be able to continue here with you. It is awesome. I, I enjoy doing these radio programs with you. Thank you for having me on as a regular uh, guest. Uh, it's, it's a joy and it's a pleasure, especially uh, the fact that... Uh, uh, well, I'm so excited, not only for what God is uh, taking us through these passages, but also what God is doing there with your ministry and Dr. Reagan and Lamb and Lion. But just briefly, Nathan, your contact information, again, although I have some of that information in my back screen here, but just somebody who's maybe new to Lamb and Lion. Well, that's our website. Uh, if you can uh, watch this on TV, it's uh, right behind there with Vic. If not, you're listening in at <laughs> lamblion.com. Uh, you can read that. He's going to model the site for us. 
www.lamblion.com. There you can find our television show, Christ and Prophecy, which is broadcast all over the world on major networks. Uh, you can find articles, uh, sign up your newsletter, read blogs, uh, join social groups. We are trying to get the gospel out, good news of Jesus Christ in return. You can find out more about us and about me and our founder, Dr. David Reagan, on our website at menline.com. Amen. Thank you. Nathan, I really love your ministry at Dr. Reagan because you don't just promote your things, but you also like to promote other wonderful uh, materials. I also noticed that you're promoting Tim LaHaye's new book, as I noticed there, right? And also some others. Yeah, uh, this week uh, we, on um, Christ and Prophecy, we had a guest, uh, Mike Kendrick. He was a Catholic who got saved and now has a ministry to Catholics. And he has a book called Preparing for Eternity. And that's uh, one of the materials that we're offering. And it helps people understand, because most people don't realize there's a difference between what Protestants believe and what Catholics believe about yes. Jesus Christ. And that, that yes. can be a shock for some, but they're, they're very different gods. They're very different Jesuses between the two interpretations of the Bible. So... Uh, Mike Gendron spends a lot of time in that book trying to explain the difference. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And of course, uh, there's a lot of talk right now that we have a new pope uh, on the scene. There's many things uh, that he's saying and many things that individuals need to also, hey, we need to filter things uh, through the Bible, no matter who's saying it, right, Nathan? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's not what man says, it's what the Bible says that matters. And uh, even those who some claim are infallible like the pope, we need to be good Bereans, and we need to be reading our Bible and say, hey, wait a minute, that doesn't quite jive with the Bible. I hope anyone listening to this program, Vic, says, hey, wait a minute here, Nathan and Vic, are they on the level? We are on the level, but don't we double-check your Bible and make sure that what we're saying is accurate to what the Bible is teaching? Absolutely, and that's exactly why I love these materials that you're promoting. Also, Nathan, here I have a book by uh, Tim LaHaye charting uh, the end times, as you and I are also talking about. Uh, these mighty angels, but this is also another nice resource where it makes it really nice for people to uh, follow along and see um, how things develop. And then behind me here, Nate, I also have uh, Dr. Reagan's, you know, the Revelation uh, uh, CD set. So this way individuals know that, hey, there's a lot of wonderful resources out there uh, that they can grab a hold of to talk about um, eschatology and Bible prophecy. And also in a way that is... Uh, uh, what we believe, uh, also the, this book here by uh, Chuck Smith, the final, the final act, and it's just a, a, a lot of wonderful resources to help individuals grow. But so people can check things out. I have different uh, uh, avenues to be able to check out the scripture. So I love that, Nate. Thank you. Oh, praise the Lord. We want to provide as many resources as possible so that people can be excited about their relationship with Jesus Christ and grow yes. in that relationship. Excellent. Thank you. And Nathan, that's what we've been doing here as we've been making our way through the book of Revelation, sort of like highlighting the work of the angels. And Nathan, before we continue on to chapter 16 of Revelation, would you be able to give us a quick highlight and a quick uh, recap of chapter 15 and some of the events there that took place in case someone was not tuned into the first segment of our program? Well, chapter 15 of Revelation is the prelude, it's the, it's the trailer, the movie trailer, you could say, for <laughs> Revelation 16. It's the bold judgments. The 21 judgments of God are coming down during a seven-year time period called the Tribulation. We had that seven seal judgments, seven trumpet judgments, and now these seven bold judgments. And what we're given is a view of the throne of God, which is called the Temple of God. Those who are killed for their faith in Jesus Christ during the Tribulation are there and they're singing a song to the Lord, they're glorifying the Lord, and these seven angels are prepared to go out and release 
the worst destruction upon humanity that has ever been known since the global flood. Mm. And that's where we're set up for Revelation 16, where those seven angels will then pour God's wrath, his final judgment, that says that his uh, wrath of God is complete, Revelation 15, 1. That's the end of God's wrath upon the world, the end of the tribulation is coming. Wow, amazing. And yeah, Nate, if you were to read for us there, chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, uh, that would be fantastic as we see these things begin to unfold. Yeah, let's open up uh, this again. Uh, hold on to your seats. There's no horror movie that matches the, <laughs> the horrificness of Revelation 16. Absolutely. And then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. So the first went out and poured out his bowl upon the earth. And a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Oh, amazing. And again, Nathan, just to uh, remind individuals out there that this is, again, it's the wrath of God upon rebellious men, that this is not about the church or God's people. No, and people think that God, because he has been patiently waiting for everyone that's supposed to get saved in this age to get saved, that, that he's inept. Uh, He's impotent. He can't do anything. He's not going to judge uh, the evil of men. He, he's going to let it go. And people are getting bolder and bolder these days by cursing God or yes. publicly denying Him. They wouldn't have done that a few decades ago, but now they're openly mocking Him, and, and uh, they think, ah, I'm going to get away because He's not going to do anything. And the signs of the time point to the fact that the Lord is returning soon. That means the tribulation is coming soon. And these judgments, and particularly judgments of Revelation 16, are aimed at those who continue in rebellion against God. Now, bear in mind, we've gone through 14 other judgments beforehand. We've gone through probably about four and a half to five years into the tribulation. There is no doubt in anybody's mind at this point that there is a God. Yes. And they can choose God or they can choose Satan by taking them what's called the mark of the beast. So these people, that this particular bold judgment is against them. It's not against those who accepted Jesus during the tribulation totally geared for those who have taken the mark of the beast, the image name. These are the worst of the worst. These are the God-haters yes. of the God-haters. They, they're the worst of the worst. And uh, they're the ones who, even though they know God's there, they know God loves them, they come send the Son to die for them, they spit on that, they shake their fists at them, and they align themselves with Satan. Absolutely. And you know, Nathan, that's why we encourage those that are watching and listening to pay close attention to this so that they would not be fearful, but they have to understand that there's a lot of wickedness going on in this world. There's a, a lot of hideous things that are happening every day uh, to little children and just uh, in general because of uh, drug abuse and people that are really uh, de uh, uh, demonically possessed and they're going about uh, uh, doing some, uh, some uh, hideous things and God will say enough is enough and I believe, Nathan, that that is the, the righteousness of God, and individuals need to recognize this. Exactly. I mean, what kind of God would, would we have if He was just such a loving God that He never dealt with sin, and people could kill and murder and, and assault each other and, right. and do terrible things to, to other people, to rob, to steal, to lie, uh, to abuse children? It, what, that would be a loving God. That would be a God who could care less about us if He didn't step in with justice. Here we are, man. We are in Revelation 16, and we are seeing justice against the wicked. That's right. And Nathan, I mean, this is uh, incredible. We know that back in the book of Exodus, again, there were certain plagues uh, that the, when Moses uh, was there with Pharaoh, 
And, and here we see again, but this is to a greater degree. Yeah, the ten plagues of Moses were terrible against Egypt, but now we've got the seven bold judgments against the entire planet. Uh, but this is one of the few judgments that we read of the 21 that isn't just a blanket one that affects the entire planet. This one particularly is targeted to those who have taken the mark of the beast. And they're covered in foul and loathsome sores, like, like boils. Now, one of the ten punishments against Egypt uh, during the ten plagues was boils on the people. You know how the boil is, how right. your skin kind of bubbles up and you got the water underneath it or like whatever that stuff is. <laughs> and, and it gets it's painful and it hurts and you try to scratch it and when it breaks open and see That's kind of what we got here. And some have wondered if because we know that there'll be uh, weapons of, of mass destruction used right. during the tribulation that, that maybe this is some kind of radiation poisoning. Right. Uh, maybe the disease that God particularly set just for these people. Maybe something about the mark of the beast is, is right. harmful to humanity. Uh, if it's some kind of skin tattoo, ink, or, exactly. or technology involved, maybe it causes this. But nevertheless, whoever takes the mark of the beast, they're covered in boils. Mm. And well, Nathan, and that's exactly why we need to recognize this is a serious business, and this time is more focused, it's more targeted. It's almost like, okay, we're targeting you because you are the ones who have rejected God. You've made that choice. You've turned their back. And in other words, they're not turning back. And they can't. Those who take the mark of the beast, have, they have all the evidence they need to choose God. Yes. They declare their allegiance with Satan. And from then on, there is no salvation for those who have accepted the mark of the beast. Absolutely. And so this first full judgment is named right at that. And Nathan, and isn't it the same today? I mean, that's why people that are watching the program, they're listening right now, there's hope. God is giving you opportunity. He's saying, hey, here's Nathan, here's Vic. They're telling you about the Bible. They're telling you the truth. And God sends other people along our side, right, Nathan? Other Christians to uh, let us know the love of God. And uh, even in our time, with as much uh, gospel that is being proclaimed in as many Bibles, it's amazing to me how people still reject the Lord. They don't call this time the age of grace for nothing. I mean, it is terrible out there. Yes. It is nothing, nothing compared to the tribulation. It's a time where we get the gospel. It's all around us. It's, it's permeating, permeating the society. It, we've got it on radio. We have it on television. Exactly. We have it on books. We, it, the gospel is everywhere. And so rejecting it now shows a real hardness towards God. It shows a real rebelliousness towards God, a rejection of God's love. And uh, that's why these people have to live in the tribulation. Our prayer is that unlike 2 Thessalonians 2, which kind of indicates that if they have the gospel and reject it, they might continue to reject it in the tribulation, yes. is that, that they have, they won't, that they will have not hurting their hearts so much like Pharaoh, that God finishes the heart of it, and that they will never accept Jesus as Savior, that they will accept Jesus now, and not when they have to live through this. Yes, and Nathan, that's why deception is so dangerous and people need to recognize even the issue that you and I were talking about of, of touching on regarding the Pope and the false gospels. That, you know, the more that we water down things, the more deceptive it's going to be for people. Right, I mean, isn't that the best way to deceive someone? You, you give them truth, but you're wrapping in the lines. So they're like, wait a minute, that's kind of truthful. And then they believe it. And it's hard to believe a bald-faced 100% lie but you mix it with a little truth, and then it gets confusing and deceives people. And that's, we've got tons of deception today, but brothers, we covered in yet another uh, uh, Truth Will Set You Free episode about the signs of the times. 
Jesus said, in the last yes. days, there will be a proliferation of false prophets and false teachers. They're trying to muddy the water so that people can't see the purity of the gospel. And we live during that time period. Mm, excellent way of putting it, Nathan. And here we find, again, these bowls are coming and the law from source. And it continues to get worse, right, Nathan, as you take us through there? Yes. <laughs> It's amazing, isn't it? As each judgment comes, it gets worse and worse until we get to the second bowl judgment, of verse 3, which reads, Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became blood as of a dead man, and every living creature in the sea died. Wow. I mean, this is just unmanageable, because in chapter 8, Nate, right, we, we noticed these asteroids and meteorites that were hit in the water, and just killing uh, creatures in the water, and, and yet here we find another incredible thing. Well, the, yeah, you're right. During the uh, seven trumpet judgments, one of the ju uh, trumpet judgments was an attack on the sea. And when it says the sea, it means the ocean, the, the salt water. So yes. we're talking about the, all the, you know, the Atlantic and the Indian and the Pacific and the Arctic Ocean, the sea, like the Mediterranean and mm -hmm. the Great Lakes, and then, well, I'm sorry, not the Great Lakes. Anything that's salt. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll get to the fresh water. But right now, the salt water is affected, but only a third was hurt by those, like you said, the meteorite, wormwood, the bitterness of the waters. But now, now God destroys the entire ocean ecosystem. So, save the whales, and no, uh, all the whales will die. Yes. All the plankton will die. All the coral reefs will die. Every single thing in the ocean will be dead. The entire ocean will look like a red tide, all blood. It says it became blood. So it could even be that God transforms it into blood, not just that it looks like blood. Absolutely. And so this is a, an attack, because you know, you're not only destroying the ocean's ecosystem, but you're destroying a major producer of our oxygen on the planet. So mm -hmm. God is hamstringing the earth, and if this continues on, if these judgments were to continue on, the earth would die pretty quickly. And you know, that's a good point, and that's why we referenced it back again to Moses' miracles, and we saw, again, there was a turning of of rivers to blood and all those kind of things. But here, this is much greater. This is affecting the whole world. Well, I don't know what the percentages of uh, oceans to land, but imagine that most of the planet, you're up in outer space, you're looking down at the blue earth. Right. And all of a sudden, most of the earth turns red. Imagine sitting on the moon and looking down and seeing that the oceans are red with blood. Now, think of the depth, too. The entire top of the ocean would be covered with dead animals. Right. Um, the stench of it, the rottenness of it, the disease of it, how the, the oxygen that the ocean produces would be curtailed if not destroyed. The ships would be trapped out there. Mm -hmm. It is a total destruction of the ecosystem. And that's why the Lord said earlier that if the Lord did not cut those days short, in other words, ended it those seven years, Absolutely. that the entire earth would die. I mean, Nathan, that's why we pray that anyone watching or listening will pay attention to the details because it really it says that every living creature. So this is not just an illusion. <laughs> no, no. This is for real. <laughs> and, and, and I know we laugh, but we don't laugh like, ha ah, great. It's just laugh like, oh my goodness. Right. This, this is unbelievable in scale. This destruction, it, it, there's nothing like it that has ever happened in human history since the flood. We're talking about the entire destruction of the oceans. Absolutely. It, it's just, it, it's shocking and mind-blowing. Yeah, and Nate, I, like you said, and it's true, we're not laughing uh, like uh, it's funny, but it's just that uh, some Bible teachers out there, it, it's so sad the way they try to twist the scriptures around to make it seem like it's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, or that we're living in the tribulation. Right. A red tide, you know, when the, uh -huh. the little uh, microscopic organisms, they, they 
proliferate and it looks like there's a red tide going through. That's nothing compared. No. We're talking about the entire oceans, every single one of them, turning to blood, every animal dying. The whole world is about to collapse. And uh, this is a judgment of God upon man for our sins. So, our brother, our sins matter, don't they? That, you know, Nathan, and that's why exactly. And all this, when you really think about it, is because of sin. And God's call for men and women to repent to turn away from the sins, but it goes to show how wicked our hearts are, and that's why only Jesus Christ can change that nature, right? Exactly. Only Jesus. The Holy Spirit works in us. We're like dead men, and we need the life of the Holy Spirit to wake us up, to give us the opportunity to make that decision for Christ or not. And uh, if we do, then we are forgiven. We are giving hope for a future. Yes. We don't have to live through this future, this tribulation future. And uh, that's what the Lord's done for us. But for those who reject Him, God is angry. He's mad at the sin of the world. He's Absolutely. going to deal with it. Absolutely. Wow. And of course, Nathan, then we continue. We see again another one of these mighty angels. And, and here comes another another wrath. Can you take us forward? Uh, verse 4 then reads for the third bowl of judgment. Then the third angel pulled out his bowl, excuse me, poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water. And they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water saying, You are righteous, O Lord. The one who is and who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given their blood to drink, for it is their just due. And I heard another from the altar saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Mm. You know, and that's what Nathan, again, we see the payday is coming. Uh, verse 6 again tells us, For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets. And you have, and you know, Nathan, again, we, uh, I believe it was Dr. Reagan when he was interviewing uh, the gentleman this week on your program talking about the Reformation and how people forget why so many people uh, were martyred, right, uh, for their faith. Yeah, well, they, the Catholic Church has totally separated itself from the biblical teaching. They were selling indulgences, and Martin Luther was like, hey, wait a minute, you can't buy your way into heaven. And so he nailed the 95 pieces on the Wittenberg door. He went and translated the Bible into German, a language people understood, since only the priests understood Latin. Right. And all of a sudden the people were reading the Bible for themselves. They're like, hey, wait a minute. The Catholic Church has, has totally gone off course. They're totally it's now run by people who we can't even imagine are saved. And, and so uh, the church, they cracked down the Jesuits, which uh, Pope Francis is one of them, cracked down on those who were... Part of the Reformation, who became what was called Protestants, and they murdered them. They yeah. murdered the Spanish Inquisition was a huge part of that to punish and kill all those who decided that the Bible was the Word of God and not the Catholic Church was the Word of God. So here we've got during the tribulation, uh, we know that there's a tremendous martyrdom of those yes. who accept Jesus as Savior during that time period, and God's mad at them. These bold judgments really, even though they affect the whole world, God is mad at those who rejected him, who take the mark of the beast, and who are killing those who have accepted the saints, those who have accepted Jesus, Savior, during this time. And so what he does is he turns, we're in the second bold judgment, how the seas turn to blood, now we've got the fresh water turning to blood. Now, brother, what happens when you have nothing to drink? Oh, Nathan. Oof. I mean, it, 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 you can only last a few days. Uh, I mean, and, it, it, and it's it's you're going to uh, eventually die of dehydration, and, and that's it. Your body won't be able to function. Yeah, and so 
people have speculated, you know, where are people getting their something to drink? You know, maybe they're getting it from whatever fruit stores they have, or right. I don't know, maybe they're drinking Coke. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but well, somehow humanity keeps going. But yeah. you can't win because now you've got all the fresh water, the lakes, the streams, the creeks, the rivers. Right. There's nothing to drink. And you know what that does? That kills all the freshwater animals too. So we just killed uh, through these judgments the entire ocean population. Now the freshwater population is dead. Picture the picture the waters clogged with dead fish. You know, it's like when the salmon run upstream in Alaska. Uh, by the time you get to the tops of the streams, the, the salmon are dead all over the place. They're clogging the streams. Picture the ocean. Uh, excuse me, the lakes clogged with, with dead fish, dead animals, nothing to drink. And this is a direct punishment against those who have rejected God and killed his people. Wow. Now, if I quickly notice that there are actually three angels that we read about in this third bowl judgment, aren't there? Actually, Nathan, and that's why we're going through them slowly, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot more. You think, oh, okay, the third angel poured out the bowl. But then he talks about two other angels. There's an angel of the waters. In other words, God has angels in charge of uh, the winds. He has in charge of the waters. And there's an angel in charge of the waters. And he's the one who who says that you are righteous, O Lord. And then another one who comes out of it from the altar of God says, even so, Lord, all God mighty, true and righteous are your judgments. So we're actually reading about three angels here, aren't we? Exactly. And, well, Nathan, and you know that's why you brought us back also to um, Revelation 7 when we saw also angels controlling the wind and different uh, quadrants of the earth, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, angels serve the Lord as messengers, and, but they also... They run the affairs of the planet. Absolutely. And Nathan, that's why, as I and you also have been looking here, there's just a lot of activity uh, that the angels are performing, that God sends them out of his messengers. And I hope that anyone watching and listening will also be uh, uh, learning as we are, right, Nathan? Oh, wait a minute, there's three there. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it's fascinating to, to go, when you go verse by verse, the Bible just comes alive. Absolutely. But again, we notice we don't have uh, much time to the second segment of our program. And of course, we want to thank for those of you that are watching. Again, you're tuning into the Truth of Second Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. Thank Batista Nathan Jones as we're looking at Revelation chapter 16, talking about the mighty angels uh, of God here in his book. And again, for those of you that are in need of prayer, again, our lines will remain open. 305-992-9537 is the number of 321-END-TIME, 321-363. 8463, reach out to us. And Nathan, uh, we always want to encourage individuals that are watching and, and viewing that. Again, the most important thing is what we're doing is so that you can come uh, to Christ. And maybe you're watching and listening and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, but you would like to start a relationship with the Lord right now. Uh, Nate, would you just briefly be able to share with those individuals how they might be able to start that relationship, even right now? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Mm. All you have to do is accept Jesus as the Son of God and your Savior. Ask forgiveness of your sin. Pray in your heart, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. And Jesus promises to forgive your sin, to remove the guilt, and yes. give you a hope for the future and the eternal life of Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan. Of course, anyone that wants more information, get a hold of us. We would love to share with you how you can continue to grow in a relationship with the Lord. So, Nathan, again, you pointed out some really good things. There's actually three angels here. We see the devastation uh, uh, so far, but God is a just God. Verse 6 there, Revelation 16. Again, uh, it's payday. He has not forgotten all those that have lost their lives for trusting in Him. 
and that God is going to uh, be just, for they have shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. And, and even the prophets, right, Nathan, uh, we know uh, how many of them lost their lives uh, for proclaiming the, the, the message of the Lord. They were sawed in two, they were beheaded, they were stabbed, they were, the prophets were messengers of God, and the people rejected the message, same during the tribulation. The messengers of God are out there, but the people reject them and kill them. Absolutely. And, and Nathan, I know we only have a few more minutes left to that second segment of our program. Uh, would you be able to take us uh, just a little further there, verse 7 and 8, uh, uh, as we look at these uh, incredible uh, angels? Can if you want. Uh, wow, we're out of time, but uh, let's keep going if you got the time, brother. Well, we want to uh, leave, we, we leave him some homework to think through. All right, well, fourth bowl judgment then. Let's quick read 8 and 9. Then the fourth angel pulled out his bowl on the sun, and power was given him to scorch men with fire. The men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. Mm. So, Nathan, again, as we, as we look at this, we find an incredible scene beginning to unfold here. And, uh, I mean, just the, the thought of scorching heat. Uh, I mean, here in Florida, Nathan, honestly, uh, most people don't like to live in Florida. <laughs> because, because in August, well, August is not our best time here in Florida. Because the temperature seems to rise in the humidity, and people are always complaining how hot it is. But it's nothing in comparison to what's going to happen in the tribulation. Nothing, nothing. I don't know what happens to the atmosphere that is not protecting the earth. Maybe it's from the nuclear radiation or the, right. the drunk judgments of God that go through that. But um, something about the sun, that the earth isn't protected by the ozone layer anymore. and the, Or maybe the, the power of the attacks on the earth actually move it closer to the sun. I don't know. But whatever happens, the sun is so bad that it scorches the people with fire. The whole earth then starts setting on fire, and instead of people falling on their knees and yes. begging God for, for relief, they instead hold up their fists, they shake up them, they blaspheme the name of God. They refuse to repent, and they refuse to give God his just due. Excellent point. And Nathan, that's why we just want to leave our audience with something to pray about, or something to consider why it's an urgency for us to go out there and this week make our time for the Lord count. Find someone to share the good news of Jesus Christ with because we believe that He is coming very, very soon. So Nathan, thank you so much for opening up those portions of scriptures for us. And uh, thank you for joining me for the first and second segment of our program. It's always awesome to be with you. Oh, what a great person, brother. Thank you for having me on. Thank you, Nate, and I hope you have an awesome weekend. For those of you, of course, watching and listening, we have run out of time on the second segment of our program, but thank you for tuning in. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, and you tune in to the Truth of Century Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Hey, listen, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. Lord willing, we will talk to you and see you next week. Have a great day.